Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, all the news heading into the holiday weekend was about how difficult travel was going to be, and if you found that 4th of July travel was indeed a nightmare, we have tips for taking the headache out of taking your next summer trip. Also this morning, the real estate market has never been more challenging for first-time home buyers. The HomeView program from Fannie Mae can help make the journey easier so everyone can capture their share of the American dream. And they come from all over for the annual Flag City Daylily Tour. We have a preview of this year's Garden Showcase event happening around town. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. Today is Bikini Day. It was on this day in 1946 that the bikini made its public debut at a fashion show in Paris. So, Bikini Day today. National Workaholics Day. National Apple Turnover Day. National Graham Cracker Day, and Mechanical Pencil Day. So if you need a reason to celebrate, right there you got it. Mechanical Pencil Day. Mine. Doesn't get any better than that, all right? (laughs) So uh, back at it uh, this morning after the long holiday weekend. And uh, good to have you uh, back with us this morning. So um, (laughs) did you hear... Excuse me, did you hear about this? I mean, thank goodness we live in America. Uh, The the great bastion of freedom. Uh, At least it's supposed to be. This is another reason why we can be happy that we broke away from Great Britain. In the UK, Kellogg's has lost a, a legal fight to block new rules... On the promotion of sugary foods, Kellogg's, you know, makes quite a few sugary foods, breakfast cereals in particular, like uh, Cocoa Pops and Frosted Flakes and Rice Krispies and all of that. So this new uh, measure, this new law in the UK, which doesn't actually go into effect until later this year, restricts the promotion of foods that are high in fat, high in sugar, high in salt. Kellogg's had unsuccessfully argued that the regulations do not take into account the nutritional value of milk added to their cereal. (laughs) This was the argument that they actually tried to make with a straight face. (laughs) That their foods were not unhealthy because you add milk to them. (laughs) Uh, A judge in the UK uh, rejected that argument saying that mixing cereal that's high in sugar with milk doesn't change the fact that it's high in sugar. (laughs) And he described the, he described the argument as wholly unconvincing that the uh, sugary cereal somehow becomes more healthy. If it is consumed with milk, not only will the regulations bar unhealthy foods, from, I guess there'll be advertising restrictions, but also uh, the the regulations bar unhealthy foods from high-profile locations in supermarkets, uh, like uh, checkout displays, you know, where they put stuff, you know, impulse buying uh, stuff, which wouldn't affect Kellogg's cereals, but, 
know, like gum, you know, bubble gum and candies and things like that. Uh, no more of that at the checkout. Uh, store entrances, you couldn't you know, b- have a display of unhealthy foods bombarding consumers right when they come in the entrance. And uh, at the ends of aisles, the end caps, which are typically good product placement locations for anything, but now unhealthy foods not be able to uh, be placed there to encourage sales. Uh, There will also be further restrictions on how these products are displayed in online supermarket search results. So they're uh, really getting serious about this in the UK. Thank goodness we live in America where we don't have to worry about restrictions like that. At least not yet. (laughs) We We may at some point, but not yet. Uh, here are some of the other uh, interesting uh, things, uh, most interesting uh, stories to uh, start the day this morning. Some uh, climate activists are taking their activism to the next level. Uh, this is a group known as Tire Extinguishers. They stormed New York City the other day and deflated the tires on more than 40 SUVs on the Upper East Side leaving a parting gift on the windshield, a note that says, Your gas guzzler kills. Goes on to say, You'll be angry, but don't take it personally. It's not you, it's your car. The group says their mission is to make it impossible to own a huge polluting 4x4 in the world's urban areas. They hope by constantly attacking the SUVs, drivers will be bullied into buying more ecologically friendly vehicles. Uh, so far, they have uh, struck not only in New York City, but around the world. This is a global thing. Uh, the UK, Germany, Switzerland, New Zealand, all having been uh, targeted by the tire extinguishers, as they call themselves. Uh, the group is warning that they will target more cities in this country soon. They said their strike in New York City was just the first of their actions. Um... It says, we are rapidly expanding across the United States and are in touch with people in major cities across the USA. We expect this to expand massively. They vow to keep deflating tires, keep slashing tires until politicians tax SUVs out of existence and invest in public transport. Until politicians make this a reality, tire extinguishers action will continue, the group declared. Police are investigating. No arrests have been made as of yet. Now, this is what is interesting about this is that uh, these are extremist activists. Other climate activists who take a much more realistic approach to this uh, have shunned this group of extremists, pointing out that they are actually contributing to the pollution of the planet by causing more tires to be sent to the landfill <laughs> there is that uh not only that but uh these other activists who are opposed to these extreme measures point out that at least 40 tow trucks have most likely been dispatched to pick up the targeted cars thus adding more emissions to the atmosphere <laughs> didn't really think that one through did you <clears throat> 
Uh, some of the other most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your uh, Tuesday morning started. Did you have a good holiday weekend, by the way? And a uh, lovely day. Uh, lovely day yesterday. Uh, had a great get-together with family and friends. Had a uh, get-together on on Saturday as well. That's the one thing. This weekend just flew by. And by the way, now we are past the 4th of July. Prepare for the rest of the summer to fly by. But, you know, before you know it, it's going to be Labor Day. I mean, it always seems like as soon as we hit 4th of July, the rest of the summer just absolutely flies by. Um, I'm just giving you fair warning that that's the way it always seems to uh, happen. Especially if you have kids. Uh, kids who are involved in like fall sports because now starting their fall uh, school activities because it seems like now they start we get into the camps um, you get into the uh, sports scrimmages here in the next few weeks I was looking at my calendar and uh, I think I have between now and the end of August first of September I think we have my wife and I have one weekend where we don't have anything planned. Other than that, there's we've got stuff going on every single weekend, and that's the way it seems to be. I don't know why. Uh, so if you uh, had a gathering or two over the holiday weekend, did you have any family drama at, uh, at your gatherings? This was kind of interesting. A, an anonymous woman... Uh, posed this question online wondering if she was in the wrong to leave her husband's birthday dinner after an old flame showed up. <laughs> the wife uh, left her husband's birthday dinner because an old flame showed up. The wife claimed the other woman professed her love for hus- her husband right before their wedding. Ooh. And they hadn't heard from her for a while. But on his 30th birthday dinner, she randomly showed up uninvited. The wife left, but the husband remained inside the restaurant, according to the post online. Some of the uh, commenters found the husband's behavior to be a bit fishy in this situation. Most seem to agree that the wife had not overreacted. I don't know. I would say, I mean, if and it happened in my situation, why did the wife leave? Turn around and throw out the uh, the ex-girlfriend. Anyway, so if you didn't have that kind of drama at your uh, 4th of July gathering, well, then count yourself lucky. So could have been worse, I guess. Now that we're heading back to work, I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, companies more and more are electronically monitoring their employees to keep a closer, uh, closer watch on them and uh, monitor their job performance uh, because technology allows them to do that, monitor what, uh, what they are doing, either in the office or remotely. But if your company does this, might want to think twice. Research shows that it could backfire. A study from the Harvard Business Review found that employees who were given a series of tasks, were more likely to cheat when they were told that they would be under electronic surveillance than those who weren't told that they would be monitored. Uh, Similarly, another study also 
Harvard Business Review found that workers being monitored were substantially more likely to take unapproved breaks, disregard instructions, damage workplace property, steal office equipment, and purposefully work at a slow pace. The researchers concluded that when workers are monitored, they shift the responsibility of their actions onto the authority figure doing the surveillance instead of themselves and were more likely to act in a way that is against their own moral standards. Long and short of it is, they suggest that if companies want to monitor monitor employees, they consult the employees to provide both transparency and input into the guidelines for when surveillance is and is not appropriate. One study found explaining the purpose and scope of employee monitoring increased employee acceptance of said monitoring by about 70% and would uh, prevent the uh, work slowdown uh, resulting from it. So just something you might want to keep in mind if you have a... uh, if you are considering monitoring your employees at your business. And one final item here among the first things you need to know this morning. The most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Um, this I actually saw over the weekend. And it was posted, I think ABC News posted about this. And it generated a huge conversation in the uh, comments section on Facebook. A death row inmate in Texas is asking for a delay in his execution so that he can donate a kidney. Ramiro Gonzalez, scheduled to die by lethal injection uh, on the 13th of this month. His attorney, so here in just a week and a half, his attorneys said a University of Texas tra- uh, transplant team uh, found that he is an excellent candidate for donation because of his rare blood type. They are asking that his execution be delayed for a month. Uh, He was convicted of sexually assaulting and shooting an 18-year-old back when he was 18. He is 39 now. Um, And that generated an awful lot. They don't have a match for him yet, but they think they can find one. And because he has a rare blood type, scouring the list of uh, possible uh, donor recipients who haven't been able to find a good match, thinking that he might be a good match. Should they or should they not uh, delay his execution to allow him to uh, donate a kidney? Because by lethal injection, once they you know put the lethal injection in, pff, that's it. Can't donate any of his, uh, his organs. They'd be worthless at that point. So, I don't know. Do you think is it a good or a bad idea? Interesting stuff. Uh, just something to uh, to think about. And there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. This is ONN. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. The state is investigating a shooting in Akron just over a week ago that's resulting in protests and not just where it happened. Richard Solomon with ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus says it also sparked a protest in Columbus yesterday. Hundreds packed the statehouse lawn and streets of downtown Columbus. They didn't know Jalen Walker, but it's still a pain that cuts their hearts deeply. 54, 55, 56. Every number they count. 
represents the amount of times Jalen Walker was shot by eight Akron police officers after he led them on a chase for several minutes. The initial autopsy report says Walker was hit more than 60 times. Akron canceled its 4th of July events over the weekend and a curfew was in place last night. There were about 50 arrests made during protest in Akron Sunday night. A man is dead and a woman injured following a fire at an apartment building southwest of downtown Columbus overnight. It happened at about midnight. The cause of that fire is under investigation. A man is safe after being pulled from the Maumee River in downtown Toledo last night. A witness said she saw three teens on bikes jump the man, steal his bike, and shove him in the water. She lost sight of the man and called 911. People nearby on a pontoon boat pulled him to safety. For more state news, go to ONNradio.com. I'm Dave James on the Ohio News Network. Well, with American spending on travel this summer expected to exceed pre-pandemic levels, a much quicker rebound than anticipated, and spending on business travel also picking up, the news has been full of stories of turbulence in the skies and potholes on the road to travel recovery, as it were. Travel expert Brian Kelly is with us, is founder of The Point Sky, with some advice on navigating it all. Brian, have you been surprised at all by the fact that demand has rebounded to this level so quickly? It seems like it kind of caught the industry off guard. Oh, yeah. I mean, a year ago even, you know, Europe was mostly closed still. I, I mean, and as a traveler, it was great because there were tons of deals everywhere. Yeah. Empty planes, you could stretch out, and bam, 2022 hit. You know, I think there's uh, consumers are now, you know, we're still in a COVID age, but people are comfortable with where we are with treatments and vaccines, and people have been cooped up. So, yeah, the numbers are just wild. Um, and unfortunately, increased demand. The airlines can't increase supply that much due to staffing, and right. what we're seeing is a huge increase in airfares. Well, and, and that's everything across. Yeah, the board. and that's the thing. I mean, costs were already going to go up with this huge spike in demand because that's the way it always works. But then you add yep. in the additional cost of inflation that is uh, hitting all parts of the economy, and travelers really get kind of this double whammy. So, what tips do you have for those who are concerned about the cost? Yeah, here's how to save on flights. I use Google Flights, which is a free tool. It'll let you search, you know, and you save the most money on flights by being flexible. I also recommend on Google Flights, you can enter in your home airport and click the Explore map, and you can basically sniff out the cheap fares. So plan your trip this summer where the cheap fares are. Go somewhere new outside of your comfort zone. That's how you're going to save. You can even set alerts where they'll automatically let you know if a price drops. And for hotels, you know, hotel rates are through the roof. This is an oldie but a goodie. AAA can save a ton and give you extra flexibility when it comes to hotels and rental cars. And now T-Mobile customers get AAA free for a year. And those uh, savings can definitely add up. Yeah, it says here in my notes, uh, the right mobile coverage plan can help save on travel costs as well. Yeah, it's amazing. This summer, I was blown away at all the different perks T-Mobile rolled out. Free in-flight Wi-Fi on American, Alaska, Delta, and soon to be United. And if you've ever looked at in-flight Wi-Fi, it can be up to $50 a flight. And when you're in flight, I recommend check your connecting flight's information. Don't wait till you're on the ground uh, Mm. to find out your connecting flight was canceled. Consumers have to be savvy, stay connected in flight, and DM the airline on social media, and they can actually change your flight. So instead of you landing, finding out, and waiting in a line in the airport, you've got to be proactive. 
And connectivity-wise, on the ground as well. I was just in Europe, and when you're in those crowded European airports, sometimes the immigration agents will say, hey, show me your flight reservation, your COVID card, and you've got to have connectivity. And with T-Mobile in over 200 countries, from the minute you touch down, turn your phone on, you're covered, and that takes the stress away as well because you know you're connected. Once you're through immigration, you can hail a car. You can use Google Maps to find your hotel. Um, you want to be connected when you're traveling these days. As so many people are. And what are some of the uh, the big trends that you see now that people are getting back to traveling again? As you mentioned, we're kind of uh, going stir-crazy. We want to get out. What are, what are the trends, uh, the way travelers yeah. are, are moving? Oh, yeah. People are, people are getting out there. You know, a lot of people still don't want to fly. We're still not at above pre-19 levels flying, but more people are going to travel this season by car. And unfortunately, the trend we're all seeing is gas prices through the roof. I recommend using an app called Gas Buddy, and it'll help you sniff out the cheapest gas in your area. I also recommend when you're doing a cross-country road trip, you, you know, check out what the gas prices are because taxes differ so much by state, by county. Um, and also, T-Mobile customers now get $0.25 cents off per gallon at Shell through Labor Day, and that's per line. So those savings can add up really quickly, especially if you're going to be hitting the road. No question. Those are some uh, great ways of uh, saving money. And what is the best value out there right now? Is it in the air? Is it on the road? Is it uh, cruise lines? I mean, what is the best value for travelers? Maybe not necessarily the lowest lowest cost, but the best value. Well, interestingly, the U.S. dollar is really strong right now. So traveling internationally, you know, the U.S. dollar is on near parity with the euro. So if you can get cheap flights or use your frequent flyer miles to get to Europe, you're seeing really strong buying power. You know, I was in Florence, Italy, and the shopping outlets, uh, they have tax-free shopping uh, where you can get your, all your taxes back, and the dollar is, you know, almost equal to the euro. Bang for your buck, you know, Caribbean's pretty expensive in Mexico, but their countries, Nicaragua, Colombia, the dollar goes really, really far. So, um, you know, once really- again, there's there's flight deals all over the place. When you see a good deal, though, hop on it because yeah. most airlines will let you cancel it within a day. So book it, then take off from work, then <laughs> get your friends, you know, all together. If you wait around, deals these days come and go. So you gotta act fast. Uh, good point. There are uh, there is good value to be found, but you have to do a little digging to find it. Again, uh, Brian Kelly is travel expert, founder of the Points Guy, with us this morning. Where do we get more information? Yeah, so on Instagram, at Brian Kelly, where I cover all of my travels and tips. Brian, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and safe travels, everyone. Well, much has been made of the booming real estate market, so hot that good listings being snapped up by home buyers, sometimes even before they're officially on the market. But one segment is still being left behind. U.S. Census Bureau data shows the current rate of black home ownership remains 29% lower than white home ownership. Joining us this morning is Katrina Jones, Vice President of Racial Equity Strategy and Impact for Fannie Mae. Now, Katrina, to be fair, a lot of people would say that the market is next to impossible right now for all first-time home buyers, and in many ways that's true. But talk about this homeownership gap, especially the generational barriers that have kept people of color from this part of the American dream. Chris, a majority of renters responding to our National Housing Survey, especially minority renters, 
they want to own a home one day. And long-term sustainable home ownership continues to be a primary driver of generational wealth, but it hasn't always been equally accessible to all consumers. Uh, to your point, especially minority consumers whose home ownership levels have remained relatively unchanged for the, for the last 50 years. So as a result, Fannie Mae recently released our equitable housing finance plan. It's available on FannieMae.com where we've laid out an initial set of actions that aim to knock down housing obstacles, things like misinformation, insufficient credit, lack of savings for down payment that we see across a consumer's housing journey. Obviously, as we said, these uh, generational barriers that exist for people of color, you stack those challenges on top of all of the things that, as we said, every first-time homeowner has to overcome in today's market. Talk a little bit more about those actions that Fannie Mae is uh, taking to knock down those barriers. More details on this. Uh, again, the ones faced by minorities as well as those other challenges that all first-time homebuyers are confronted with. Yeah, and I'm going to start with the housing journey because it's built from the vantage point of consumers that's certainly helping to inform our actions. You know, consumers have shared that one of their major obstacles is that leap from renting to buying their first home. This can be a bit scary, especially if you don't know where to begin. So if you're thinking about buying your first home, my brother's about to buy his first home, the first thing I tell him is don't fall in love with what you're seeing online without first getting prepared. You can use Fannie Mae's HomeView Homebuyer Education Course. It's available in both English and Spanish. And it aims to provide prospective home buyers and their trusted advisors with access to free online tools and calculators and other resources that are designed to help them navigate this home buying process. And it asks basic questions like, is it time to buy? And if they decide to buy, how much money do you need to have in your savings account for down payment? And what does your credit look like? Among other key areas. You see, I want my brother and other prospective home buyers to have access to resources that they can help leverage and use so that they can confidently engage with lenders to get pre-approved for a mortgage before they go looking for houses. And then they are able to better be positioned to work with real estate professionals to buy their first home. Now, one of the very first things uh, that I know that that you look at uh, for potential home buyers is a positive housing payment history. How can that help home? I mean, the way it helps uh, home buyers is is obvious on one level, but especially if I am renting from a private individual who's probably not reporting that history to the credit bureau. Oh, that's a great question, and one that consumers, especially Black and Latino consumers, share that insufficient credit, it's another obstacle at getting a mortgage for their first home. And to your point, very few renters have their rent payments reported to credit bureaus. Therefore, they're not able to demonstrate the credit worthiness. Right. So for the first time, Fannie Mae is now going to consider a consumer's 12-month rental pay history in our automated underwriting system which is used by thousands of lenders across the housing industry. Lenders now have the ability to help first-time home buyers qualify for a mortgage, even if those rental payments don't appear in the credit report. 
So think about that. The rent payments are perhaps the largest reoccurring payment that consumers make, and now those payments matter. Yeah. So consumers, if they're going to be buying their first home, they should ask the lender if they're offering this option. And if they're not sure, they certainly can go to find a list of lenders who will consider those 12 months of rent payment history on the Fannie Mae.com website. Um, and therefore putting those, those prospective home buyers um, in a position to finally buy their first home. We're pretty excited about that. Yeah, not only, as you mentioned, not only is it the uh, probably the largest uh, single uh, monthly expense that current renters have, but also probably one of the best predictors of uh, you know being able to meet a mortgage obligation as, as well. Um, you mentioned HomeView as uh, this uh, program or this platform uh, that can help first-time homebuyers uh, on that home homeownership journey. Again, primarily minorities, but really everyone. Talk a little bit more about how this works. Oh, and I appreciate that question because I've been working um, with my brother in HomeView. It's, it's a set of modules that takes you from point A to point B to point C across the whole home buying process. Um, it's allowing me to ha- ask him some pretty objective questions around his ability to buy a home or should he continue to rent. It's also helping him to assess if I'm going to buy a home, how much can he afford, which is so important in today's market. And then based on what he can afford, how much does he need to save? Um, so it's allowing him to have the opportunity to leverage a resource that he can use anytime he wants in the privacy of his home so that he and I can help better assess his ability to be a successful home buyer and long-term homeowner. Now, uh, this uh, platform, is that available on the website? Is it a, uh, an app download? Is it uh, available uh, on both? Or how do folks find those resources? Uh, yeah, go to FannieMae.com. You can get more information on HomeView there. You can also get more information on the 12 months of rental payment histories and how that's going to help you qualify for a mortgage. And you can also learn about Fannie Mae's Equitable Housing Finance Plan, which is one step of a much larger evolving strategy that aims to make access to quality affordable rental housing and mortgage finance more fair for all families across America. Again, still a big part of the American dream. One of the best things you can do to invest in building generational wealth, but uh, it is certainly a challenge uh, in this competitive market for first-time home buyers. Things that will make it a little bit easier. We'll have the link up on our webpage for more information. Katrina Jones, Vice President of Racial Equity Strategy and Impact for Fannie Mae. Katrina, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. 20 years of good mornings on WFIN. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news is brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Uh, a Florida man, always got to have something out of Florida, it seemed like. A Florida man could go to prison after allegedly throwing a hot dog at a police officer. Uh, police in Newport Ritchie say Jason Stoll was illegally selling hot dogs late Saturday night and refused to stop 
when an officer told him he was in violation of his permit. Uh, Things apparently got heated, and the 47-year-old allegedly threw one of his hot dogs at the officer. (laughs) That altercation must have been something else. Uh, Mr. Stoll is now charged with battery on a law enforcement officer, and he's he could be uh, facing prison. Can you imagine going to going to the slammer? What are you in for? I threw a hot dog at a cop. Assault with hot dog. <laughs> uh, let's see. This is really weird from the international file. Police in Nigeria have rescued at least seventy-seven people, including twenty-three children who were kept in a church basement while waiting for the second coming of Christ. Police say some had been kept in the church since late last year after pastors encouraged them to wait to be taken to heaven at the second coming. (laughs) The first thing that I thought, I mean, far be it for me to make fun of someone's religious belief if they believe that the second coming is upon us. What I wonder is, how it how do you convince people that the second coming is upon us and that the first place Jesus is going to to visit is the basement of our church <laughs> he's coming he's coming to the basement that's where he's uh one pastor had told church members uh that the second coming would actually be in April and then later claimed it had been changed to September <laughs> Jesus is running a little bit late. He's running a little bit behind. <clears throat> you know, he's a busy guy, so he's... Anyway. One father whose child was rescued by police said he was not allowed to go uh, to his child and the church members attacked anyone who tried to get into the church. So, how do you know that you wouldn't have been attacking the wrong person? I mean, what is... Uh, Jesus might have already shown up and you attacked him. You ran him off. It's weird. Just weird. Fire invested back in this uh, back in this country. This is uh, out of Los Angeles. A story uh, that caught my eye. Fire investigators are looking into the cause of a warehouse blaze in the L.A. area on Sunday night. What makes this story kind of crazy is the fire was so intense that it was detected in space. Wow. The National Weather Service in L.A. tweeted out that the heat signature from the fire was detected by one of their satellites in space. More than 80 firefighters from multiple crews responded to the blaze. Warehouse reportedly has been unoccupied for some time, but homeless residents have been known to stay there. So they're still uh, looking into the cause. But man, that was it was so intense that uh, it was detected in space. Crazy. Uh, some of the other uh, interesting and uh, odd items in the news here. Speaking of California, the small town of Hinkley, California, is dealing with a uh, a stinky problem. For the past five weeks now, nearly a month and a half, residents have been tormented with a funk in the air caused by a fire at a nearby composting facility. Uh, It's described as a blend of burning plastic and smoldering sewage. 
the facility referred to as the local poop farm by the community. Complaints have been filed and a class action lawsuit has been discussed. But uh, Sinagro, the company that owns the plant, which is actually not called the poop farm, it's actually called the uh, called nursery products. They say they provide a vital public service by turning biosolids into organic compost. And with new state composting laws, more plants like that one will be needed. Basically, what they're saying is get used to it because it ain't going away anytime soon. Smells smells like what was that? How did they do it? A blend of burning plastic and smoldering sewage. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Uh, obviously a big travel weekend. A lot of people traveling, millions of people uh, traveling uh, over the weekend. Can you imagine seeing this uh, at the uh, airport when you're going through a uh, security? Two women were arrested in Bangkok at the airport there on Monday of last week after an x-ray inspection revealed more than 100 live animals, 100 live animals in their luggage. Uh, wildlife officials in Thailand say 109 animals in all were recovered from two suitcases. Uh, they included two white porcupines, two armadillos, 35 turtles, 50 lizards, and 20 snakes. The uh, women were heading for a flight back to their home in India. They are charged with smuggling the animals. I've, I've heard of people trying to smuggle animals the illegal exotic pet trade and so on, but 109 live animals in there. And who thought it was smart to put uh, snakes and like turtles in the same suitcases? That seems to me that's not going to end well for one of the two anyway. And uh, again, speaking of travel, check this out. 60 people involved in a brawl on a carnival cruise last week. The ship was finishing its eight-day trip uh, to the Dominican Republic, Turks and Caicos, and on its way back, when a fight broke out at the onboard nightclub, cruise officials contacted the Coast Guard, who escorted the ship back to New York. I can't imagine this is the first time they've had a brawl in a bar on board a ship. I mean, you know, that's a fairly common occurrence, I would think, but apparently this was... So bad that they called the Coast Guard, escorted the ship back to New York. Uh, The Coast Guard and the NYPD waiting for the ship during the emergency docking. Uh, So far, no one has been reported as injured, but 60 people were involved. And uh, I don't know about charges, but (laughs) well, I'll tell you what, uh, the people on board uh, that cruise certainly have a story to tell. Out there. How was your vacation? Well, it was great until this brawl broke out on the ship. There you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report. This uh, update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. This is the sound of a popular American motorcycle. It's the sound of freedom, the open road, really good times. And this is what it sounds like with a drunk guy in it. Howdy, 
you like the sound of that? Cops are cracking down on drunk motorcycle riders. If you ride drunk, you will get caught and you will get arrested. Drunk riding. Over the limit, under arrest. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Time now for your daily download. The numbers behind the news. The statistics that shape our lives. Fourth of July, kind of the midpoint of summer. It always seems like after the Fourth of July, the rest of the summer just flies by. But take time to enjoy it, because according to a new survey of 2,000 Americans, 54% say that summertime makes them feel like a kid again. Pastimes like hitting the beach or the pool and water balloon fights, helping, uh, helping people find their inner child, as it were. Uh, In fact, the average respondent in this poll says summer activities make them feel like a kid again as many as four times a week. However, uh, the uh, survey, which, by the way, was timed to National Ice Cream Month, which is in July. uh, They say uh, having ice cream is a big bonus of the dog days of summer. Thirty four percent say eating ice cream in the summer makes them feel like they're reliving the summers of their youth, which is a higher trigger point than road trips or even taking a bike ride, riding the bike. Uh, When asked about the weirdest toppings that they have ever tried on their ice cream, (laughs) respondents to the poll, um, which, by the way, was commissioned by the company I Love Ice Cream Cakes. Okay, so keep that in mind. But the poll uh, respondents uh, said the weirdest toppings they have ever tried uh, responses included squid, squid, uh, avocado, mayonnaise, and ketchup. Who in the world is putting mayonnaise and ketchup on their ice cream? That's what it says, though. Uh, as far as the uh, flavors, the top responses for favorite flavors of ice cream are the Tried and true favorites. 35% say they prefer chocolate. Uh, Well, 35% say they prefer chocolate and vanilla nearly equally. Vanilla pulls slightly ahead. Baby boomers preferred chocolate to vanilla, though by a wide margin when compared to millennials. 41% to 18%. So there you go. (laughs) Have some ice cream. Feel like a kid again. This would be a good day for ice cream. Cool you off today for sure. Coming off of the uh, big 4th of July holiday weekend, the next thing happening around town, and they come from all over for the annual Flag City Daylily Tour. And uh, joining us this morning with a preview of this year's uh, Garden Showcase event, Mike Anders. Mike, thanks very much for uh, dropping Good by. Good morning, Chris. This is how many years for the uh, This Daily is the seventh year. Seven. It's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. it has, uh, as we said, they come from all over. Yeah, we've had, we've had people come from about 16 or 17 different states. Wow. And we, we track that sort of stuff, you know. Sure. And uh, we're, we're hitting about two-thirds of the counties in Ohio. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all over the state, uh, this part of the country. Oh, yeah, out. yeah, yeah. What is, the, what is the big attraction? For- well, a lot of people just want to see gardens, you know. Mm-hmm. And especially during 20, people just want to get out of their houses. Well, that's you know? very true. But uh, we've been doing this. And um, when you can come in, in one day or two days, depending on where you what you want to do, you can see literally 
thousands of different kinds of daylilies, all colors, all shapes, all sizes. Well, and we've talked about this before. One of the things that makes daylilies so popular in particular is because there are so many varieties. Right. And it's fairly easy. They're, they're hardy flowers. They they're, are very hardy, but yes, you can kill them. I've, <laughs> I've killed my fair but, share. But, they're, but they are one of the easier ones yes, to plant. they are very and, easy and to grow. And people up here, they grow really, really well right. in Ohio. Yes. And... Uh, there's a reason why there are so many varieties because they're fairly easy to they're very easy to, and- to propagate yeah. yep and we've got a couple people on the tour that do that sort of thing mm-hmm. um i'm more of a collector yeah than a than although a hybridizer you've dabbled, although you i have with dabbled a little bit yeah varieties. there's a couple yeah. of things that i've registered yeah but not not like the big guns yeah, yeah. But again, that it's something that a lot of people can do. You yeah, don't have to have a degree. You can be a backyard. In, you know, it's kind of funny. In your backyard, you can be. You and God can play creator mm-hmm. and cross daylilies and yeah. make all sorts of things. And they are in just about every color imaginable. We have every color every officially style. except blue. And they're and you know blue's coming. They're working on it. <laughs> and before the old man dies, I think we'll actually see <laughs> well, you may a be, blue daylily. You so. may be the one that... Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you never I don't know. think so. <laughs> you never know. Dream big. Dream right? big. You yeah, yeah, yeah. Big. yeah. So give us uh, the details on the tour this well, year. Well, the tour is Friday through Sunday, mm-hmm. January, sorry, January, January, July yeah. 8th through 10th. Mm-hmm. And there are six gardens on the tour. Uh, my house, which is on Red Fox. We've got uh, the perennial plant... Pe- Perennial Plant Peddler, mm-hmm. which is just east of town. Uh, Sharon DeCumman lives out on 236 north of town. Uh, Rick Kidwell, uh, who's been in working with the Brubaker, uh, Brubaker um, uh, Children's Park here in town. Okay. Uh, Rick Rick's Garden is on. He's south of town. Beautiful place. Uh, Richard Hopkins, they live on Herd in this gorgeous 1867 house, like one of the first old mansions mm-hmm. built in Finley. And then you have the, um, oh shoot, you have the um, <laughs> McClellans who live McClellan. down south of town. Yeah. Yeah. The brain just turned off there <laughs> for a okay. minute. Understand. Yeah. It's still early in the morning. It is. Uh, let me tell you, for, for this old retired mu- 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 musician, it is early in the morning. Yeah, big time. So all of those uh, gardens are on the tour, and you they can go at in. your own pleasure anytime yeah. from ten to six. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday and Saturday. Sunday is noon to six. Please don't come to my house at ten o'clock on Sunday morning. <laughs> uh, but it. <laughs> At any rate, you can you're on your own schedule. Yeah. You can spend one hour. You can spend all day at one if you want. It's, yeah, you know, and, and some I, of these you could probably. Um, I would imagine. You know, and I'm going to brag. My garden. I grow 2,600 daylilies. Wow. And That's... you could spend several hours in my yard and mm-hmm. never see everything. Yeah. And you know, like the 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 Brickners, their place. They they grow about 600 that are that they sell, and they are absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you take your time. And I, and if you went multiple days, you would see multiple different things. Right. Because they only last one day. Exactly. And then they uh, rebloom. And they don't all rebloom all at the same time. Correct. Or Correct. all of the, one of the things we have the some daily leaves bloom, in our This yard. year, the earliest bloom I had was Memorial Day weekend. Okay. It wasn't very pretty. But I had a bloom over yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And um, 
I'll have blooms up until we have a hard frost in mm-hmm. October or even yeah. November. Yeah. Again, they won't be so pretty. Well, one of but the we've things, got blooms. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed uh, in the daylilies, the few that we have around our house, is that you know one plant will will bloom one day and then the next day oh, you'll exactly. have another one. Yeah, and so yeah, these gardens, and I would imagine when you have literally thousands of them. It will look different one oh, day to the yeah, next, yeah, yeah. because it of that. Truly is. I mean, yeah. you know, one plant will have maybe one day might have five or six blooms on it. The next mm-hmm. day have none. Yeah, but the next day it might have ten blooms on it. Yeah, and it just depends. And since they're all different, exactly, it can give the whole exactly. garden a different look. Yeah, yep. when that happens. So again, one of the reasons why it's great to go more than one day. Oh yeah, yeah. the. And the event is free, right? It is free, yeah. open to the public. Anybody can come. We welcome families. The kids can come. Uh, you've, uh, people bring their dogs from time to time. Uh, they have to deal with my little dog, but they... <laughs> uh, and, and if you are interested in growing daylilies or we certainly can help you out we these are people who some of us might even give you some to start with there you go (laughs) these are people who love talking about their gardens oh without a doubt without a doubt you come to my garden and we want to talk i can keep you all day yeah yeah uh so for those who and you mentioned all of the the gardens that are uh part of it for those who don't know where all of these people live you actually have the the there is a flyer and a map and i hope you have it on your website yes we do and the the map you know it's amazing that um three of us are within probably two miles of one another Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of daylily tours and there are there are other daylily tours across the united states yeah and many times those tours are 10 15 20 miles apart you know (laughs) where the gardens you've got to drive for a half hour before you get to one another that's not true in Findlay. Yeah. You can be at my house and two minutes later be at another garden. Yeah. It's fantastic. I'm sure one of the things that makes this uh, very popular amongst uh, those oh, who, yeah. who go to these that's uh, one of the things. People so. who, that's one of the reasons when people come to yeah. town, uh, they like to come here because everything is so condensed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, this is happening this weekend. You said Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, it's it's absolutely free. We said you can you can go at your own pace and start right. wherever you want and right. see all. You're of on them. your own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, maps, as you mentioned, and more information uh, posted on our webpage, GoodMornings.net. You get uh, more information about it. The uh, annual Flag City Daylily Tour coming up this weekend. Again, Mike Anderson with us this morning. Mike, thanks very much for coming. Oh, by. thank you, Chris. It. We really appreciate it. Take care. We'll finish up our podcast for today. Thanks again to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net is where you find us online. You can also connect with us on on social media, sign up for our daily email newsletter, shoot us an email with something that you want to share directly. We got a link there uh, on the webpage as well. Again, goodmornings.net is our little corner of the World Wide Web. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.